0: today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh. That's what the fear of the Lord is. It's a reverent,
1: deep, intense awe of God, a respect, for lack of a better word, for the holiness of God, and again, a sensitivity to doing anything or allowing anything to take up residence in my life. That would be displeasing to the Lord. That is what the fear of the Lord is.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. In today's world, people fear a lot of things. However, do they fear the Lord? As you listen to today's message with Pastor J.D., he teaches the importance of fearing the Lord. To fear the Lord is to have a reverence for Him, a deep and intense awe of God and respect for Him. Reverence for God is the first step to gaining wisdom. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor JD in Proverbs chapter 2 with today's edition of in spirit and truth.
1: Verse 1, Proverbs 2. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, verse 3. If you cry out for discernment and Lift up your voice for understanding. If, verse 4, you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then, verse 5, you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Wow. (laughs) I don't know if you caught that or not, but there's three ifs in these first five verses, and it's one of those places in God's Word that I like to call an if-then correlation, or a conditional promise, if you prefer. Specifically, three ifs, prerequisites, and these prerequisites, these ifs, can become a then. There's one then. The prerequisites are the three ifs, and if those prerequisites are met, then the promise is that we will have the understanding of what it is to fear the Lord. And not only what it is to fear the Lord, but what the knowledge of God is. So, what are those three ifs? First if. If I receive His word and treasure His commands, so I incline my ears to wisdom and apply my heart to understanding. That's the first if. Second if. If. I cry out for discernment and lift up my voice, kind of implying this crying out loud. Oh God, I need discernment. I need wisdom. I need understanding. If I cry out for that, secondly, and then here's the third if, and it's a big if, if I seek for it as I would silver, and search for it as I would search for hidden treasures of great value, then, if those three ifs, (laughs) then I will understand what the fear of the Lord is, and I will also find and discover, and have revealed to me, unfolded before me, the knowledge of God. Now I think I would be grossly remiss if I didn't once again just briefly talk about the fear of the Lord, because it's going to come up throughout our study of the book of Proverbs. The best way that I understand the fear of the Lord, which we are told is the beginning of wisdom. And we're also going to see it later on in the Proverbs, that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The way I understand the fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God, like you're, you're trembling in fear, hiding from Him, running from Him. That's not what the fear of the Lord is. What the fear of the Lord is, is this fear of doing anything that would grieve his heart. It's the fear of doing anything that would be displeasing to him. It's having a heart like God's own heart, that's sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Your heart breaks by the same things that break the heart of God. That's what the fear of the Lord is. It's it's having you you're so conscious and aware that you have the potential to grieve the Holy Spirit, to grieve the heart of God, to displease the the heart of God and you are so fearful of doing anything. That's what the fear of the Lord is. It's a reverent, deep, intense awe of God, a respect, for lack of a better word, for the holiness of God. And again, a sensitivity to doing anything or allowing anything to take up residence in my life that would be displeasing to the Lord. That is what the fear of the Lord is. And the promise that we have here, again, a conditional promise, with three prerequisites in the form of three ifs. If these three ifs are in place, then I am promised that I will understand and realize and live with this understanding of what the fear of the Lord is. Now, one of the common denominators in these three ifs is that there has to be this desire. It has to be a want to, not a have to. A get to, not a got to. I mean, there needs to be this desire in our hearts, this inclination where we incline our ears. Our ears are tuned to, even sensitive to, our hearts are directed to His Word. We cry out, and it's manifested by lifting up our voice and crying out for discernment, seeking for it, the way we would seek for something of great value, treasuring it that way. We're going to see this come up again here shortly. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, Many of you know this passage, it's very well known. Jesus is speaking, and He says this. He says, verse 7, Matthew chapter 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And? To the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Don't go to verse 9 yet. What Jesus is saying here, and it's in the original language, we miss it in our translations, but Jesus is actually saying, Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Don't give up. Keep on asking. We talked about this on Sunday. The parable of the persistent widow and the unrighteous judge. And the point of the parable is pray and never give up. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. This tenacity, this persistence, this perseverance, and not giving up, where you're pursuing God and His righteousness. You're searching for it as you would for something of great value. And if you do that, the promise is you will receive that which you ask for. You will find that which you seek. And that door that you've been knocking on, that you're still knocking on, that you keep knocking on, it's going to be open. Now verse 9, this is almost a qualifier. We're actually going to be talking about this on Sunday in our study in Colossians. There's a parallel passage of this account in Luke's gospel, a little different. I want to draw the attention to it in the context of the Holy Spirit. But listen to what Jesus goes on to say, beginning in verse 9. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him. In other words, all we have to do is ask. And here's the thing, God's not going to give it unless we ask. Ask James about asking. James writes by the Holy Spirit, you have not because you ask not. You know, the only prayer that God will not answer is the prayer that has not been prayed, unless a firm grasp of the obvious, right? God's not gonna answer a prayer that we're not asking for. This is how it works. This is how He's ordained it. We have to ask. God's not just gonna automatically give it to us, He's surely not going to force it on us. Listen, If it's a good thing that we ask for, God's going to give it to us. But we have to ask for it. We have to seek. We have to knock. If it's good, God will give it to you. Listen to what James says in chapter 1, verse 17. He says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father." of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He's not back and forth. He he doesn't change his mind. No. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And He's a good God, and He gives good gifts to those who ask. And here we are as earthly parents, fallen parents, sinful parents, And we know how to give good gifts to our children. How much more will our Heavenly Father give us every good and perfect gift? Every prayer that we pray is answered. We may not necessarily like the answer. God is going to answer our prayers and respond to what we ask for in one of three ways. He's either going to say yes, I love it when He does that or he's going to say no, or he's going to say wait. That's the hardest one for me, is the wait. I can almost take the no, because then I can sort of adjust the prayer. Because maybe I'm praying about something that would not be good. It's almost like I can, you know, picture God in heaven, when I'm praying for something, asking, seeking, knocking, Lord, please, Do this. Give me this. And it's like the Lord saying, you don't want me to give you that. Trust me. It wouldn't be good. If I gave you what you're asking for, it would be harmful to you. It would be hurtful to you. I'm not going to give that to you. It's been said that prayer changes the prayer. So I look back over my prayer lists oftentimes when I have the time. And it's so interesting to me to see some of the prayers that I was praying. Like I'll I'll go back and do a, you know, one year ago today. So I'll go back to, today's the 29th of August. I'll go back to August 29th of 2018. I'll look at my prayer list and I'm going, Whoa. Lord, I can't believe I prayed that. And oh, by the way, thank you for not answering that prayer. Here we are a year later, and you have done exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. I mean, it is so much better. I was praying too low. And here all along, you are looking at me saying, "I, I, I mean, that's what you're asking me for? What if I want to do this? you're asking for this. What if I want to do this? Think about this. Is there anything that God, if it's good, is can you think of any reason why God would want to withhold something that's good that you're asking Him for? You know in Romans chapter 8 verse 32, Romans 8 is a very powerful chapter, especially for anyone who's really struggling with doubts, and is discouraged, and doubts the love of God, the goodness of God. I really encourage you to spend some time in Romans chapter 8. But in verse 32 of that chapter, the Apostle Paul says this, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will He not also along with Him graciously give us all things? You know what he's saying? He's saying almost sarcastically in a sanctified sarcasm. Does it make sense to you that God would give you the gift of gifts, the gift of eternal life by sending His only begotten Son to die for you And if he's willing to do that, is there anything that he would be unwilling to do? Oh my goodness. If he's willing to do that, how much more will he not also give us all things, anything, ask of me for anything, if it's according to my will, if it's for your good and my glory, It's a done deal. You can have that which you ask for. Now, it may not come at the time that you want it to come. It may not come in the way that you're looking for it to come. But God is bound to His Word that He will give you that which you ask for if it's according to His will and it's for His glory and for your good. Now, here's one last question before we move on. Do you believe that God wants to give you discernment? Do you believe that God wants to give you understanding? Do you believe that God wants to give you all of these things that we're told to seek and search for as we would hidden treasure? Of course. So what's the problem? The problem is we don't ask for it. We don't seek it. The reason why we don't seek it is because we don't place the value on it. Isn't it true that we will seek after those things that we perceive to have value? We don't treasure the commands of God, the Word of God. Again, we were talking about this on Sunday. You'll forgive the references to Sunday. I'm still just on my face before the Lord, just really crying out to the Lord. You know, it reminds me of in the Old Testament where it was said of that day that the Word of God was rare in the land. You know why the Word of God was rare in the land? The Word of God was rare in the land because there was no value. There was no value placed on the Word of God. And again, I don't want to get too far off into this, but this is what's happened in the church in America today. Pastors don't value the Word of God. They've lost confidence in the Word of God, and they've abandoned the Word of God. And that's why the Word of God is rare in the land. And with it, so too is prayer. If you were to ask me why it is I believe that Christians don't pray, my answer would be that they don't see the value of prayer. They don't know how powerful prayer is. I would even venture to say, and I, I, I'll take it at least this far, I would even venture to say that they have never experienced or tasted from the cup of answered prayer, the joy that comes from answered prayer. I was thinking of this story, probably should have brought it so I don't misquote it, but basically it was like this, and it, a true story. This king in this kingdom had one day a year where any of his subjects could ask him for anything. And so it was, I think, something like a lottery where they would pick somebody and then that person would be given this opportunity to go before the king and ask him for anything. And so usually, typically, the one who won that that opportunity, that lottery, if you will, would ask the king for, you know, some, you know, financial gold or whatever, or some, you know, treasure. And, and you know, that was it. And then the king would grant it, obligated by his word to grant it. One day of the year the king would do that. Well, on one particular year, the winner of that opportunity came to the king and said, I would like a palace built on all of this land. I would like to have this many servants. I would like to have chariots. I want to have Horses, I want to have. And he goes down this whole list. And I mean, everybody's going, oh, this, this guy's taking it way too far. And lo and behold, the king says, granted. And all of his men were, I mean, baffled like, what in the world are you doing? The audacity that, this man would come to you and ask for such grand and glorious riches, and then for you to grant him that which he asked for. And you know what the king's response was? It was the first time that I had somebody who asked me for that which only I can do as king. And I wonder to myself sometimes if God isn't in heaven, just waiting on standby for us to pray and to ask him for grand and glorious things. I mean, over the top, off the charts. So here it is. The whole of heaven, the heavenly host is on hold. Shh. JD's getting ready to pray. Gabriel, Michael, get over here. Let's get ready.
0: What's he going to pray for? It's easy to dismiss Old Testament books as ancient texts that hold little meaning for you today. However, there's plenty of application for your life right now in this modern world. The book of Proverbs is one that specifically provides advice, admonishment, and encouragement for your life as a follower of Christ. As you listen to Pastor JD's message today, though, you may have realized that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. If that's the case, we'd like to encourage you to change that right now. We have a simple guide that will tell you more. Just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This will tell you why it's so important to put your faith in Jesus and how easy it is to start a relationship with Him. We'd love to hear from you, too, and we're available to answer any questions you may still have. Please get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Bring your friends and family along, too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again to continue studying the truths found in the book of Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth.